Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. From KMOX Sports. The young swings and that's a high fly ball. Billikens win! Billikens win! This is Sports Open Line. It's a grand slam! Touchdown! Kansas City! On America's Sports Voice. Yes! KMOX. A good Thursday evening to you. Welcome into the program. My name is Matt Pauley. One hour show tonight. We got a lot to uh, cram into this one hour. We will be leading you into coverage of Thursday night football tonight. The game, the one that everybody's really been looking forward to this week. Falcons and Panthers matching up in Charlotte. Our coverage begins at 7 o'clock for a 7.15 kickoff. Between now and then, uh, we're going to be joined uh, in our next segment in about uh, five minutes or so by uh, Aaron Schatz, who is part of the team at Football Outsiders. We'll talk uh, NFL football with him. And then uh, later on this hour at about 6.35, our parade of coaches It continues. It continues to move along quite strong as uh, we are going to be joined by St. Louis University men's basketball coach uh, Travis Ford. He's going to be with us coming up at about uh, 635. Blues hockey tonight. They are once again trying to end their losing streak. We'll hear some of the uh, pregame comments from uh, Coach Craig Berube. He spoke with the media earlier today after morning skate. We'll get some of those comments uh, coming up later on this hour. There was a, a move made today by the Blues. Robert Bertuzzo, he is on to injured reserve. He is dealing with an upper body injury. So uh, with that, the team has uh, recalled defenseman Tyler Tucker from uh, the AHL. And uh, he is, uh, we'll see whether or not uh, the expectation is that he will not uh, be in the lineup tonight in all likelihood, but uh, will be available on the roster if needed. But yeah, I mean, there's just... There's a lot of moving parts. Josh Levo, who was just recalled from Springfield, he's going to be on the second line tonight. Uh, Nikita Alexandrov, who was uh, just called up, he's uh, a fourth liner tonight. They're trying to get things uh, figured out. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly is going to be centering that team, that uh, line with Josh Levo and Brandon Saad as uh, they try to get something going there. The top line has uh, Pavel Buchnevich along with uh, Vladimir Tarasenko and Robert Thomas in the middle. So, yeah, it's... Um, they got to find a way to win. That's that's the bottom line. I'm having a hard time talking about the Blues on an everyday basis and saying something new because there's nothing new to say. They're not playing good hockey. They're not winning a lot of games. They're not doing anything especially well. But at the same time, a lot of times when you're in ruts like these, you finally win a game, and then all of a sudden stuff starts to uh, turn in another direction. And it, it it's notable. Um, the Pittsburgh Penguins are expected to be a good team this year. 
they just lost, I think it's seven in a row. Yeah, they just lost seven straight games, the Penguins did, uh, before they beat the Capitals yesterday by a 4-1 score. Uh, they had won four of their first five, and then they went into a seven-game losing streak. So this happens. It's it's not the end of the world. It happens, and you just got to find your way out of it. Uh, we talked about this today when I was uh, when I made an appearance uh, with Kevin and Amy and Chris on the show. You can't do the thing where you say, well, Look at look at what their record was, and look at what they were doing in the Stanley Cup year. Like that, that's an anomaly. Like we we can't go there, but we can also sit here and say the season's not over. They can't dig out of this. They've just they've got to end it. They they have to end it sooner than later. And tonight is a great opportunity. You play a Sharks team that's not especially good. They're three eight and three. The Blues are three eight and zero. Oh. So uh, yeah, I mean there's. You're on your home ice. Win. Just win tonight. Find a way to win tonight and then move forward from there. They'll play three games on the road uh, after that. Again, uh, we'll hear from uh, Craig Berube coming up uh, later on uh, in the program. He talked to uh, the media earlier today. I did want to mention some college basketball stuff. As of yesterday, Missouri State, they pick up a a win in their season opener. They beat uh, Missouri S&T, so uh, that's good. And then uh, Southern Illinois, they are going to play tonight. They've got a big challenge in front of them as they uh, travel to Stillwater for a game against a good Oklahoma State team. Southern Illinois historically has played well against Oklahoma State, so we'll see if uh, they are able to do that tonight. Also, Lindenwood, they are playing tonight as they're going to match up against Hannibal LaGrange. So we're in that time now. We're we're going to be talking on an everyday basis about different area college basketball teams that are in action. And, uh, again, our parade of coaches is going to continue this evening with uh, Coach Travis Ford. If you've missed any of the conversations, by the way, and we've had a lot of fun with it, if you've missed any of the uh, conversations uh, with all the different uh, coaches that we have spoken to here over the course of uh, the last week or so, you can always go to the Sports Open Line podcast at uh, camox.com or hop on the Odyssey app, and you can find uh, all the coaches that we have spoken to and get kind of a, a preview thoughts on teams going into the season. All right, again, we've got Thursday Night Football tonight. In front of that, we have a conversation. We'll talk uh, all things NFL football with uh, Aaron Schatz. He is from uh, Football Outsiders, and he joins us in just a moment. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone news in order to secure convictions in a court of law it is essential that we conclusively sports that clock at four Doncic. the step back three you bet music you set my world on fire and even podcasts whatever you love hear it right here on TuneIn. go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening we really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Swing it a long one to left. That's a grand slam. This is Sports Open Live. On America's Sports Voice. Touchdown, Kansas City. KMOX. Sports Open Line does continue. We'll be joined by Aaron Schatz from Football Outsiders coming up in just a moment. For those of you who are en route to the Blues game, do want to let you know about something uh, very cool tonight. Uh, Blues fans are going to be encouraged to sing the national anthem this evening, part of the uh, military night uh, that's going to be going on. This is a Veterans Day tradition that began in uh, 2016, and one of the coolest parts of this is members of the Blues Warrior Hockey Team. This is a group made up of disabled veterans veterans from throughout the area. They are going to be joining the players on the ice for the anthem tonight. So that's uh, going on this evening. So if you're maybe going a little slow play into the Blues game tonight, don't go slow. Get in there and make sure to be part of uh, that. All right, right now we are going to go to the Quiver River guest line. We're very happy to welcome on to the program. Uh, He is part of the team at uh, Football Outsiders. They do such a fantastic job. He is uh, Aaron Schatz. You can follow him on Twitter at F-O underscore A-S-C-H-A. ATZ. Aaron, thanks so much for your time. How are you? Hey, I'm good. Thank you for having me on the show. Hey, before we get anything specific, I wanted to ask you this because we are living in a world right now in sports where advanced data and information is being used, and it's being used in football, but it feels like football's been a sport that's been a little bit slower to embrace it. You have been right at the forefront of this for, for a long time. What have you seen in the last few years as maybe organizations have been uh, more willing to take a look at this type of data? Yeah, I think that the use of data in um you know, making free agent decisions and draft picks and managing your salary cap, I think has that's been a very gradual process of teams using more and more data. Um, I think that the use of it by coaches and their decisions in games, which is the most visible part of using data, really was transformed by the Eagles winning the Super Bowl in 2017. And since they used analytics and they were very aggressive on fourth downs, that sort of freed up a lot of other people around the league to be more aggressive and use more analytics in their in-game decisions. And really, it really was a turning point 2018 and onward. Uh, And that just happens to be the most, you know, you don't see when a team uses data to make a salary cap decision and decide how they're going to structure a contract. What you see is what decisions head coaches make on Sundays. Which coach or two in the NFL do you think is especially good at it? I mean, Sirianni is very uh, analytically forward with Philadelphia, McDermott with Buffalo, Doug Peterson uh, with Jacksonville, John Harbaugh with Baltimore, Stefanski in Cleveland. Uh, Those guys are all pretty forward-thinking. What do you make of like this this thing that's been going on this week with Russell Wilson and the comments out of Seattle about wearing the uh, the wristband, not wearing the wristband, winning games in Seattle with it, whether he should be wearing it in Denver? Like this, this seems like us making a lot of noise about something that's really not a big deal. Am I right in that? Yeah, I mean it's it's uh, you know listen, this did not work out the way any of us expected. Like none of us expected that Wilson would go to Denver and totally struggle, while Seattle would become a really good team. So I think poor Wilson is sort of stuck 
you know, this isn't what he expected. And now he feels like he has to answer to everything public. But I doubt that the wristband is the reason why he's winning or losing games. There's been rumblings out there, talk out there, that when the Broncos hired Nathaniel Hackett, they did it largely because they thought it would give him a shot at at Aaron Rodgers. Um, do you think there's any truth to that? And are we are we discounting who Hackett is as a coach by saying he got that job because of his connection to Rodgers? I think there's a good possibility that that's true. And the fact is that the current Broncos ownership, the new Broncos ownership, is not tied to him in any way. And he's made some weird decisions this year. What's strange, of course, is that Denver got rid of a very defensive-oriented coach, hired an offensive mind. Their offense is terrible, and their defense is fantastic. All right, let's talk about Aaron Rodgers a little bit. I so. I, I was living in Wisconsin for a while. I recently moved back to St. Louis, and I was at a Costco on a Sunday, and I'm walking around a Costco here in St. Louis, and all I see is Packers jerseys, and I feel like all of a sudden I'm back in Wisconsin. I couldn't believe how many Packers fans are, are in St. Louis. Aaron Rodgers, the Packers overall, they have been a, a, they, they've just been struggling. Rodgers with the interceptions has been making some bad decisions. What, what's going wrong in Green Bay? Yeah, I mean, I think some of it is uh, communication with his receivers. You know, it's a it's a bunch of new guys. He's not used to them. So, you know, he thinks they're going to go left and they go right, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, he's not as accurate with the deep, like the, the sideline throws as he used to be. I know that his numbers are down on, on those. Um, overall, they're like 18th in passing in our numbers. So like, we don't have them as like the worst passing game in the league or anything like that. I know there's some other metrics out there like ESPN QBR that has them even worse than we do, but I mean, it is below average and that's not what you expect from the guy who won the last two MVPs. Yeah. It's, it's odd. And it, when Matt LaFleur first got hired there, the thought was, okay, is his system going to work with Rogers? And it was really good for a while but now it feels like one week they're going to focus on, on throwing the ball. The next week you're wondering what, what you know, are they going to run it? Like it just, it, it feels like they don't have much of an offensive identity. How much of that is maybe connected to us getting to a point where Rogers' skill set is not fitting the Lafleur offense as much as it has been the last couple of years? It's hard to know um, just how much is the scheme and how much is Rogers himself, but. I think there's the sense about Rodgers, and there's a little bit of this sense about Tom Brady, too, although I think Brady has been better this year than Rodgers, certainly. Um, that, that these guys were so good before that they could uplift, uh, you know, uplift their teams past any weaknesses. And the problem is they're, just, they're still good, but they're not so good that they make the weaknesses go away. And because they're now more dependent on their surrounding supporting casts than they were a couple years ago, and those supporting casts are not as good as we think thought they would be, that they're not they're not able to lift up those supporting casts as much as they have in the, in the past. 
Moving to Buffalo, maybe the best team in the NFL. They're dealing with the Josh Allen injury right now. There's a possibility that he won't play this weekend. The Bills do have the, the tiebreaker against Kansas City, but how much do you think people in Buffalo and, and people connected with that organization are concerned about the implications of maybe playing a couple weeks without Allen, knowing that if they don't win those games, that could result in going to Kansas City in the playoffs? Yeah, or going to Baltimore. I mean, don't sleep on the Ravens. They're a really good team. Buffalo has the tiebreaker over Baltimore, too. But if they finish behind them in the standings, the tiebreaker won't matter. But in the end, I think everybody in Buffalo would agree that they want Josh Allen to be fully healthy for the playoffs, even if he has to go on the road. And if that means they need to sit him for a couple weeks, they're going to sit him for a couple weeks. The biggest story of the week, Jeff Saturday taking over as the Colts interim coach, a guy who's never coached uh, at a high level, was working at ESPN as an analyst. Uh, it's been a decision that has been mostly criticized. What was your takeaway when they went with Saturday as being the guy in Indianapolis? Well, it's obviously strange. <laughs> it feels like Ursay wants the eyes and ears inside the locker room and to figure out what's going on with his team. And it feels like Saturday is someone he's close to and, you know, I have two thoughts about it. The first is um, that as an analytics person, I don't like some of the snide comments that Ursay made about analytics, not to mention they don't make sense. The idea, he said something about he, does, he wanted a coach with no experience so he wouldn't coach scared because when coaches are scared, they depend on analytics, which is like a ridiculous statement. <laughs> analytics makes coaches uh, more aggressive, not more conservative, so not related to fear at all. The other, the other thing is that if Saturday is chosen as the permanent head coach, this feels like an end around to get around the Rooney rule, and that seems really unfair to all the African-American coaching candidates out there who have done a lot of work to get experience, to work on their resumes, to make themselves attractive head coaching candidates. What's the answer on that? I mean, does the does the NFL have to make a rule that you can't make a coaching change? You know, if you go to an interim coach, either you apply the the Rooney rule to what happens in the interim during the in season, or that you can't uh, even if you have an interim coach, you can't just hand them that title without fulfilling the obligations of the Rooney rule. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is because you don't want to have a quota system, but at the same time, you just want everybody to just. In general, just consider more African-American coaches. And the fact is, no team would have hired an African-American coach with no experience at any level other than high school. Like, it just would not happen. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird I, – I, I don't remember what coach it was that said it, but I remember, a, I remember a coach once saying that they walked into an interview and it was clear that it was just a Rooney Rule requirement – but at least they opens up some eyes, and they eventually became an NFL head coach. And again, I don't, I don't remember who it was, but it, the Rooney Rule is not perfect. But I've always felt like, at the very least, maybe it does give an opportunity to some of these people to get in a room and impress somebody and get the experience. Again, it's not perfect, but I, I would, I, I would rather the quota system than nothing at all, because at least there's some little bit of an opportunity there. Yeah, my hope is, you know, that when guys get interviewed, even if they're just Rooney Rule interviews that are just, you know, because they have to do them, at least that puts them on a list of guys who've been interviewed. Mm -hmm. and then next time a job's open, you're like, who's a list of guys who've been interviewed? Here's a list of guys. 
And these guys should be candidates, and eventually some of them will get jobs. Yeah, you said that much better than I did. Uh, I wanna, before we get you out of here, you are the creator of DVOA. It is a statistic that is very telling. I often tell people, you know, OPS is a statistic in baseball where it tells you a lot of what's going on. DVOA is, is a number that can tell you a lot. Can you explain to people listening who maybe aren't real familiar with, um, with, with advanced numbers in football when they hear DVOA, what they're hearing? Sure. What you get is it compares the success on every play based on the down and distance to a league average baseline, which is adjusted for situation and opponent. So it adjusts for situation and down and distance and the fact that, you know, a five-yard gain on a third and five is great and a five-yard gain on a second and ten is not as good. And it adjusts for who your opponents are because it's, you know, playing the Chargers run defense is very different than playing like the Buffalo run defense. Uh, and it adjusts for all those things. It tells you, you know, which teams have been more and, and less efficient. Yeah, it's it's it says a lot, and it's very cool, and uh, appreciate you kind of explaining that a little bit. Uh, Aaron, uh, encourage people to follow you on Twitter. Fantastic stuff that you uh, tweet out, at F-O underscore A-S-C-H-A-T-Z. Thank you so much for taking this time, and hopefully we can uh, catch up again in the future. Thank you very much for having me on. And, yeah, if people want to follow Football Outsiders itself, that's at FB Outsiders, and it tweets links to all of our articles and all of our content. And footballoutsiders.com is the website, and people who want to dive in on football, it's such a, an amazing resource. Thanks, Aaron. All right, thanks for having me on. All right, Aaron Schatz joining us here on Sports Open Line. We will take a break, and when we come back, we'll uh, shift gears a little bit as we will continue our parade of coaches. We And this is going to continue into next week, by the way. We're still not done with this uh, today. We're, we're going to be a soccer-heavy show tomorrow. But as we get back into Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday next week, we got a few more coaches to talk to. But our parade of coaches does continue on as St. Louis University men's basketball coach Travis Ford. He joins us on Sports Open Line. It's next here on KMOX. The Billikens on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Sports Open Line does continue here on KMOX. Our parade of coaches continues on. We have been hitting up just about every area men's basketball coach, and we had some really good conversations uh, with those coaches with the college basketball season just underway. So for St. Louis U, what a great start it was for them. Uh, They got just an incredibly impressive victory against uh, Murray State. What really jumped out to me, first off, they score 91 points. That's going to jump out to you. Uh, they had two 20-plus point scorers in that game with uh, Javante Perkins having 21. Gibson Jimerson had 20. They get a double-double from Javon Pickett, 13-13. and 13. They get a 14-assist, no-turnover performance from Yuri Collins. There were a lot of really gaudy numbers uh, put up. And, oh, yeah, by the way, St. Louis U has also uh, inked a couple of uh, very notable players to national letters of intent, a couple high school players who are going to be joining the team for next year. So we had a lot to get into with uh, Coach Travis Ford. We welcome him on to the program right now here on the Quiver River guest line. Coach, thank you so much for your time. How are you? Coach, do we have you? 
Doing great. I uh, appreciate you having me on. Thank you. Yeah, I want to start with the uh, the news of uh, yesterday. You guys announced uh, two players signing national letters of intent uh, in Sion Medley, uh, a point guard from New Jersey, and also uh, you get a Tennessee kid in a, uh, a forward in Brock Vice. Just a little bit about these guys and the excitement about bringing them into the program. Yeah, very excited to, you know, add them to our team, especially to the freshman group we have right now, because I love our freshmen on our team now. They're going to be, you know, the future of our program. But, you know, these two guys that we've signed, Sion Medley's a true point guard. You can almost think in the terms of Yuri Collins. Makes everybody around him better. Uh, has played on great teams, like the best high school team in America the past two years, one of the best AU teams, and he has been the point guard of those teams. So he's almost been like a college player for a year or two. Uh, a tough point guard, can shoot it, has good mid-range, but really, really a good leader. And then uh, Brock Weiss is a 6'11 forward center, uh, tough as nails, can shoot threes, really shoots threes extremely well, can pass it, handle it. Um, Right now, he's a first-team All-Stater in football and the wide receiver. That shows you how he moves at 6'11". He's really agile, mobile, um, and just, you know, really excited about him. He really fits our system. Coach, is it challenging right now just with the transfer portal with kind of picking and choosing the, the players that you want to bring in during the early period? It, it is. It is. Uh, no question about it. It's, you know, how you – manager roster has drastically changed but how we're looking at it is you know we still want to sign freshmen a lot i know a lot of programs are just going to depend on going into the portal to get players i still love developing players we got a great group of freshmen right now with larry hughes and kellen thames and nick kramer momo cisse and i love these guys and you know we hope they stick with it uh because they're going to be great players we still want to continue as we've done and sign these freshmen and develop them. Doesn't mean we may not go to the portal for a player or two, but we don't want to hopefully, hopefully we don't want to have to build a team around it. Okay, so is there an advantage there? Because I've talked to some other coaches who have said they're kind of pumping the brakes on signing freshmen because of the ability for the transfer portal. That's that's happening at places. So does that give you that much more of an opportunity to go out and sign some really special high school players? It's a really good point. It does. I think there are more high school players available uh, than there have been in the past as far as the high-level one or the highly ranked ones, and I don't get too caught up in the rankings. But uh, I, I think a lot of programs are waiting to see who goes into the portal. Uh, so I think it has opened up opportunities uh, to sign some really good freshmen. And an area that's really gotten hit hard is junior college. You can really go get some of the top players, junior college players, at times if you need them because that's an area I think uh, a lot of people are waiting until the late signing period. You win against Murray State 91-68. It's a fantastic victory because Murray State's really good. It's a fantastic victory because some of the numbers, you get a couple 20-point scorers uh, in there. You get a uh, a performance from a, an assist-to-turnover ratio from Yuri Collins where it's uh, just absolutely ridiculous. You get a double-double in there. I mean, that's it can't go much better than that, right? No, there was a lot of good numbers, no doubt about it, you know. Uh, we, there's a lot of areas for improvement, especially on the defensive end. On the offensive end, we scored 91 points yeah. and only shot 44% from the field. Uh, you know, it's kind of really unheard of. It's hard to do, to be honest with you. But 
Um, you know, we really played in spurts. You saw glimpses of how good we can be. We need to become more consistent over a 40-minute period. But, you know, it's a long season, and hopefully we just continue to get better each game. I think I said 13 assists for Yuri Collins. The right number is 14 assists. But 14 assists and, and, and no turnovers, That you don't see that very often. How special of a night is that? Yeah, I've never seen it. It's incredible, especially with, you know, he has the ball in his hands 90% of the time, 95%. And, you know, you would think he plays 35 minutes a game that, you know, he's going to kick a ball out of bounds or he's going to do something, um, you know. But to have zero, the 14 assists don't, doesn't shock me. The zero turnovers is just absolutely incredible. So you get almost a full week from game one to game two. You'll play on Saturday at home against Evansville. What's been the things, a couple things that have been on tape from that Murray State game that's been the focus going into this Evansville contest? Yeah, I thought one, uh, defensively, our one-on-one defense wasn't very good. We got driven to the rim way too much. We go straight line drives. We got to keep guys in front of us, and we got to be in better position off the ball to help the one-on-one defender as well. That's probably number one uh, on the list. Um, we need to get a little bit late in the shot clock. I thought we relaxed. We relaxed, so we've got to get better in those two areas. I know you're not looking past Evansville, but just from a calendar standpoint, you're going Saturday, Tuesday. You do things like that all the time once you get into conference season. But does that does that change anything you do from a rotation standpoint on Saturday, hoping to keep uh, you know keep guys rested for Tuesday? How do you just manage uh, this first time for this season on a quick turnaround? No, not at all. We do everything we can to try to win on Saturday. That's all we care about. That's all that matters at this point is trying to figure out how to get a win on Saturday against a good Evansville team. Uh, you know, they're 1-0. They've already gone on the road to get a win at Miami, Ohio, which is a very impressive win. So we need to put everything we have into the game on Saturday and try to win. Where you try to get your rest is maybe you don't go as long in practice, different things like that, but you put everything you have in each game. Is it hard to kind of take the foot off the pedal in practice when we're talking on November 10th? Uh, a little bit, uh, especially for me, who I love practice. Uh, I love it. Uh, but I started cutting back probably 10 days to two weeks ago. Um, you know, we're usually not going over an hour and a half at this point, uh, which is a little unusual. This time of year, you're usually going at least two hours. So we've tried to cut back already. Well, Coach, we really appreciate the time. Hopefully we can continue to check in with you over the course of the season. But uh, that was a great first win, and uh, we love having the games here on KMOX and uh, look forward to the rest of the season moving forward. I always enjoyed it. I appreciate you having me on. Thanks a lot. That's Coach Travis Ford joining us here on Sports Open Line. Appreciate him taking uh, some time with us. The Billikens are back at it on Saturday as they are going to take on Evansville. That's going to be a 6 o'clock start at uh, Chaffetz Arena, meaning our coverage will begin just a little bit after 545. By the way, we have our first slew women's basketball broadcast. That's going to be coming up tomorrow evening. They are going to be taking on SIUE, a 730 tip tomorrow night. That means coverage will begin a little bit after 715. Speaking of SIUE, as our uh, parade of coaches continues, next week we'll be uh, we'll have a day where we talk SIUE basketball. Uh, looks like we're going to be able to get uh, Coach Underwood on at some point from uh, Illinois, and we're still working uh, through some other coaches as well throughout the area. So uh, parade of coaches will continue into next week. 
Coming up, uh, a couple things I want to get to before we call it a day. We're done at 7 o'clock tonight. We do have uh, NFL football Thursday night football as uh, the Falcons and Panthers are playing against each other in Charlotte. Have a little bit of St. Louis Cardinals news to uh, get to, and we'll also preview the Blues. They are in action this evening trying to end this losing streak. Uh, they are going to get started uh, a little bit after uh, 7 o'clock over at the Enterprise Center, so we'll preview that game as well. It's all coming up. This is Sports Open Line right here on KMOX. This is America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Just a few minutes left in the program. It is Sports Open Line here on KMOX. Uh, A reminder, tomorrow we are going to have a special show. From 6 o'clock to 6.30, we are going to be all in on the MLS expansion draft as uh, City SC is going to be, their roster is going to become that much more clear. You know, it's kind of a hodgepodge right now. They've had a few acquisitions here recently in putting together the roster. There's obviously some City 2 players that are going to be part of the uh, City SC roster. And then the expansion draft where uh, some existing uh, MLS players are going to be coming to St. Louis. The protected list was uh, put in today in uh, MLS so uh, other teams could protect some players. So we'll have all the uh, details of that coming up tomorrow, 6 to 6.30. As the picks are made, we'll let you know. Uh, we're going to get some uh, expert analysis on uh, some of these players and what they are going to bring to uh, City SC. So make sure to be tuned in for that. And uh, we'll be have very much a soccer-themed show once we get done with the actual expansion draft at 6.30. We'll continue to talk a lot of soccer all the way until uh, we are done tomorrow, uh, a little bit after uh, 7 o'clock, leading into coverage of uh, St. Louis University women's basketball. Also, wanted to mention a couple of St. Louis Cardinals notes. The Cardinals have two silver sluggers. Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt have each won silver slugger awards. We will find out about the MVP award pretty soon, but Goldschmidt is the likely winner of that. Those guys have each been picking up awards as the season has moved along. And Katie Wu of The Athletic is reporting that uh, Skip Schumacher as the Marlins manager. There's going to be a bit of a St. Louis feel to his uh, coaching staff as former Cardinals outfitter John Jay is going to be joining the coaching staff. Jay is going to serve as the team's first base coach and also serve as the team's outfield coach. That's according to a uh, source as reported uh, by Katie Wu. We'll see if uh, any other uh, individuals connected to the Cardinals end up in Miami. That's always... I remember, uh, I don't know if you saw this, maybe two years ago, time, I'm not great with time sometimes, but uh, there was a documentary that HBO Sports did. And what it was, was it was a conversation between Bill Belichick and Nick Saban. And I guess those two guys at the end of uh, their respective football seasons, they generally get together and just talk football and uh, HBO had cameras in there, and it was just what basically eavesdropping on a conversation for them. And I thought it was interesting because Saban made the point in that that one of the things that bothered him was when coaches left his staff, and he obviously had no problem with coaches leaving his staff for, for other head coaching jobs and things like that, but what he didn't like was when coaches left his staff when they took other coaches with them because he felt like he gave a coach an opportunity to have success, to put themselves in position to be a head coach, why would you then go and in turn hurt them? Now, there's some arrogance to that, and obviously if you're a 
if you're a quarterback's coach and you can go become an offensive coordinator, uh, there's some upward movement that goes along with that as well. But it is, it, it's, you always wonder how teams feel when somebody leaves you for a better job and then takes along some of the individuals. And that doesn't specifically apply to this situation because John Jay isn't that, but you, you, you know, he hasn't been, he wasn't on the coaching staff or anything, but you do wonder as that coaching staff in Miami comes together, are there going to be people who have been working for the Cardinals in some form who are going to end up in Miami? And that seems like uh, there's at least a possibility of that. All right, before we get out of here, do want to talk some St. Louis blues hockey, the blues, uh, they are in action this evening as they are going to try. We'll see if they can pull it off, but they are going to uh, do their best to uh, end that losing streak as uh, they just, uh, they're having a hard time with a whole lot of things here uh, at the moment. And uh, Craig Berube spoke with the media uh, earlier today, talked about uh, where he feels uh, the Blues can uh, get better specifically. Well, I think there's periods of our game getting better, not 60 minutes. You know, I think, you know, we went into Boston. I thought the first two periods, you know, you're in Boston, you're playing the hottest team in the league other than Vegas. And, you know, it's uh, the game's right there. Um, For me, that was like, you know, a pretty complete game on both sides of the puck, doing good things. And, um, you know, we we didn't do it for 60 minutes. It didn't happen in the third period. You know, when I watch, you know, the, the the two Edmonton games come to mind this year, we played extremely well in those games. And, uh, you know, our game was good, both sides of the puck again, doing good things. I mean, and they're tight games. They're one nothing games, 1-1 one, one games. You know, it's the same thing in Boston, but we, we just let it slip away. We don't continue to keep doing those things. And uh, we got to, that's where we got to, got to get better. That's where our game's got to get better. You know, it's whatever the score is, one one, one nothing, two one. You you can't make you can't, you know, force things and, and force a uh, puck or uh a turnover or a huge mistake and it's three one now. Like it's tough, you know, like you gotta manage it, manage the game. So he's talking a little bit about where the team is getting better and where can they can continue to get better. One area that I don't know if he's happy with it, but feels like at least they're doing a respectable job is uh, with the team's forecheck. That's a strength of our game. That's a strength of our team is the forecheck and the ozone play and that, that type of hockey. That's how we play defense. You know, like we're a heavy, strong team in the offensive zone. And uh, we got to continue to work. We got to continue to pound that away with our team. Because, you know, that's the strength of our team. Yeah, and as I've watched, I talked about this the other day. It does feel like there are certain periods in every game where they are just that, what he just described, being that that heavy team playing in front of the net, you know, trying to get those kind of grungy goals. It just seems like when they're in those situations, they're not putting the puck on the net. And very often there's there's this swarming that's going on and it doesn't result in a goal. Maybe it doesn't even result in a, in a great look. And then all of a sudden it, it almost feels like the air has been let out because they had this, this opportunity where they were kind of buzzing around, nothing really came of it. And then things kind of go in a downward direction from there. Uh, they've made a few roster moves over the last couple of days. One of those roster moves, is uh, bringing back up Josh Levo. You know he's a he's a good player down low in the, in the offensive zone. Uh, he scores in the American League, um, good around the net. He's got a decent shot. Um, you know, and like I think the wall plays and things like that. He makes really good puck plays in that area. He's got a pretty good. He's got a good stick, a heavy stick. Um, that's so. 
you know, with O'Reilly, like I have them out there with O'Reilly. <clears throat> O'Reilly's game's down low. We all know that. And I think Lebo might be a good complimentary player for him in those tight areas, making little plays and working together. So that was kind of the thought process there. The Levo roster announcement made yesterday. Today we learned uh, that they would be bringing up defenseman Tyler Tucker. They're making that move as a result of uh, uh, Robert Bertuzzo headed to injured reserve. Tucker's a heavy guy. Plays, you know, he's um, stay like a he's like a Bertuzzo type player. You know, but a younger version, obviously. You know, he's going to mix it up. He's going to play hard. You know, he's going to play hard minutes, penalty kill. Um, you know, pretty simple with the puck. But it plays a plays a good team game. He's a good team guy, and um, you know he can handle himself. You know, plays plays a hard game. Blues and Sharks tonight. The game's gonna get rolling at Enterprise Center in just a little while. Here on KMOX, we will have Thursday night for, football for you as uh, the Panthers and the Falcons are gonna match up against each other again. A reminder: tomorrow it is uh, our special MLS expansion draft edition of the program for the first half hour from six to six thirty. We're gonna be uh, checking in with the expansion draft, finding out the names of the newest members of uh, City SC, and then we're gonna be breaking that down as well. So you will not want to miss that. That's coming up uh, tomorrow but for now that's gonna do it for this edition of sports open line thursday night football on the way next we will head to charlotte as we get coverage of the panthers and the falcons live from charlotte live from westwood one sports that's on the way next this has been sports open line on kmox tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone news in order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 